0: Jordan.
1: Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. Drives one out to deep left field. This one's got a chance to get out of here. Go! Three-run Jimmy Jack. First big-league home run for Mike Trout. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler.
2: 81-point game, 55 in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the 2nd greatest short performance in NBA history. What's going on, everybody? Thank you again for downloading and or streaming the newest episode of Infinity Sports. I'm Wayne G, joined as always by my co-host, Jesse. Hello, hello, family and friends. And Sully, what's going on?
0: Hey, how we doing out there, everybody?
2: Now, I'm guessing you guys are either listening to us live on the RTF Sports Network. That is rtfsportsnetwork.com. We will be on there, I believe, Mondays at 11, and then Thursdays at 1. Or is it the other way around? It is the other way around. It doesn't matter. I think the website's down anyway, so you guys Mm -hmm. won't be able to hear us on there, I don't think, this week. And going forward, actually, we are going to be doing live shows on Facebook Mondays and Wednesday nights at 7 till 8 p.m. And those shows are going to air on the RTF Sports Network drive time tuesdays and thursdays 5 to 6 p.m so a pretty cool drive time show we come and see you live
1: baby live
0: yeah you boys better powder your noses and get ready i mean i don't know you guys got radio faces so i don't know how the live show is gonna do oh (laughs) (laughs) i'm just joking uh, fellas you guys are beautiful man you guys are beautiful
2: So obviously you don't catch the show in its entirety. We're going to try to keep it under an hour. That's the goal, so you'll hear the whole thing. But if you do miss any part of the show, you tune in late or you miss the end of it, you can find the entire show commercial-free on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So feel free to download, subscribe, You know, definitely give us a rating, let us know what you
1: think, give us some ideas. We're always open. We're the most interactive show I know of. Absolutely. We're not out there spamming you with junk. We're out there giving you thoughtful discussion and great facts and point of views. Speaking of interaction, we are on social media, so feel free to visit us,
2: hit us up, message us. Facebook, we are at Infinity Sports Podcast. Instagram, at Infinity Sports Podcast. And a little bit of a curveball. Where are we on Twitter, Jesse?
1: We are at Sports Infinity 5. That is a play on our best segment of the show, our last segment of the show.
2: We are giving away a little bit of free money on Facebook. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I did post it. If you share our show, which we're going to post our show every Saturday when it drops or starting upcoming every Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is. If you share the show and you hashtag Infinity Sports, you will be entered for $5. We will give it away every single week. If you're the only person doing it, you're going to get an extra, what, 260 bucks for doing nothing other than sharing the podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love free money? And I'm not going to lie, folks. I mean, let's be real here. We're pretty realistic guys. We're not getting a ton of likes and shares here right now, guys. So that's why we're doing this. Get these shares in. You'll probably be the only one. There's a great chance you're going to win a lot of this money. So, I mean, (laughs) just start sharing, folks. We'd really appreciate it.
2: We have a big show today. We always have a big show, but today we have a big show. Basically, we've got a new game we're trying out. Last week, you guys tuned in. You listened to us do Guess Who. It definitely seemed a little convoluted. There was some conversation afterwards about the difficulty level of the questions and there were long pauses and all that. So we're going to avoid that this week with fact or fiction. It should move along a little bit quicker and should be a little bit easier. We're going to break down the NFC East and we're going to do an Infinity Five, which is basically our favorite sports moments in history. But before we get to that, the news. Starting off the news, we always do this week in history. I say always. We just started a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say always because I'd like to keep doing it. <laughs> this week, I start off on July 18th, 1999. I posted this on Facebook, so you may have seen it. John Velde blows a three-shot lead on the 18th hole at the British Open. Now, I remember watching this live and thinking, what the hell is he doing? He was hitting driver on 18 instead of an iron. He was trying to hit out of the cabbage once he hit it into the rough instead of just playing it safe. The guy had a three-shot lead. He literally lost a three-shot lead
1: in one hole. It's tough to be at the top, and he proved it.
0: I wasn't watching it live, but I have seen it obviously in replays many, many a times. And I mean, if if we ever do an Infinity Five top chokes, I don't think I don't think there's a chance all three of us don't have that on our list. I mean, that that is such a big choke; it's so huge, and everybody knows it. It's just crazy.
2: It's a classic choke. Now, also on July eighteenth, Sully would probably appreciate this because it's his, one of his favorite players of all time. Ty Cobb gets his four thousandth hit in nineteen twenty-seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, like, he's a he's a great baseball talent, just a terrible, terrible, terrible racist piece of shit human being. So, but it was eighteen ten. So, I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, The year threw him off. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne was looking
1: for eighteen ten on his sheet.
0: I mean, it wasn't 1810, I know, but I mean, that's just, I just said an old date because, you know, he's old. (laughs)
2: Uh, July 19th, 1973,
1: Willie Mays ties Stan Musial. He makes his 24th All Star game. They both absolutely deserved all those games too. It's not like uh, where I find that Pudge Rodriguez got into games where he shouldn't have. There were sometimes you saw Jeter playing in games he shouldn't have gotten into. But these two are absolute legends of the game, and I know that Sully and I take part in a lot of these drafts that we do in a, a group on Facebook called FBAS, and these guys are absolutely always drafted.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, in those drafts, you know, through that, you know, Stan Musial is actually one of my all-time favorites. I'm a big, big, big fan of his game and actually, you know, top five hitters list and things like that. I'd probably have him up there. He's I'm a big fan of what he did at the plate. So that's a huge accomplishment when you, when you pass a Stan Musial.
2: Well, what blows my mind is that some guys don't even play 24 seasons, and these guys were in 24 All-Star games. Yeah,
0: it's insane.
2: Speaking of insane, on July 19th, 1910, Cy Young gets his 500th career win. I think he finished with like 519 or 536 or something like that, but will anybody ever... I think it's 526. 526, yeah. Will anyone ever get 500 wins again?
0: No, not even close. That record will never, ever, 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 ever get touched. Not even close to get touched. I agree. I mean, you talk about, like, Kareem's – I mean, uh, Wilts' records and, like, his his separation and things like that. There's no way somebody touches that record. He is – that's insane.
2: Well, I had this argument with Brandon because he said, is it the most unbreakable record in sports? And I said, no. How about Cy Young's 700 complete games?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the complete games is the more is the more ridiculous one. And that's why, like, those kind of records will never be broken. There's just no way. I mean – the way arms are managed nowadays, they're just, they just don't get enough opportunities.
2: On July 20th, 1976, Hank Aaron hits number 755. Now, I know some guys still think he is the all-time leader, but he's not. I always tell people, they're like, oh, no, he's the real leader. I'm like, no, Barry Bonds is the real leader, but whatever.
1: Uh, Hank Aaron's a legend in his own right as far as a home run hitter and a baseball player. And if I recall correctly, isn't this where some of the fans actually joined him in rounding the bases as he hit this one? No, that was seven, uh, 715. Okay, touche.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think Hank Aaron's the home run leader, you're delusional. Those are the same kind of people that say, you know, Donald Trump's not my president. You know what I mean? It's like, well, he is, regardless of if you don't like him or not. He's still your fucking president. (laughs) You know, Barry Bonds, regardless if you don't like the guy or not, still hit more home runs. You know what I mean? So deal with it.
2: Now, this one I thought was interesting. So I go to this site that tells me this day in sports. And so on July 20th, 1991, Mike Tyson is accused of rape. And... You know, we all know that story, obviously, and it really, you know, sidetracked one of the great careers of all time. And I'm not gonna say who I believe or anything like that, but what I thought was interesting is that very same site had July nineteenth, nineteen ninety one, it said Mike Tyson rapes a contestant. I was like, Wow, not even accused. It was just like on July nineteenth he raped somebody. Oh July twentieth, accused of rape.
0: Oh God. Oh Jesus. I mean, that's probably just that's gotta be some kind of typo or some kind of mismanagement.
1: Yeah, that's a sketchy it, timeline. Yeah, <laughs> I mean technically
2: he was accused, right? And he and he was convicted. So I mean, in a way, I guess you could say it's not
1: once he's convicted. like oh, no I guess
0: law. yeah. Once it's convicted, then they are right. That's just kind of. I mean, damn. That's just. I didn't think of that. That's just pretty savage. Ugh.
1: This is the date the rape happened.
0: Ugh. Yeah, like that's honestly like ugh. Like man, I didn't even think that. of it. You're right. He was convicted. So they're just posting a truth, but like ugh, that's dark.
2: Now on a lighter note, July
0: twentieth, nineteen sixty-five.
1: You guys are still with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those of you who have an abandoned
0: ship after the rape
2: talk July twentieth, nineteen sixty five, Yankees pitcher Mel Stodemeyer hits an inside the park grand slam.
1: A pitcher? This is Bartolo Colon?
2: Well, it's an inside the park, but that's still I mean it's inside the park grand slam, that's nuts. I mean,
0: do we have any, like, other stats or footage? Were there, like, multiple throwing errors or something like this? Or did he hit a gapper that he legged out for a fucking inside-the-park home run?
2: Any sort of error would negate the achievement, so there can't be any errors.
0: Oh, okay, man. So he gapped it and fucking inside-the-parkered it. Wow. Good for him.
2: Way to go, Mel. And then lastly, July 21st, that's my dad's birthday, 1959, one year before he was born. Pumpsy Green becomes the first African-American player for the Boston Red Sox. This is 12 years after Jackie Robinson makes his debut, and the Red Sox finally say, all right, yeah, we'll do it. What year was this? 59.
0: That's fucking sickening. That's fucking 50 years ago. That's it. That's gross, man. That's, that's crazy to think about. Thank God. Thank God we don't live in that time, man.
1: Do we know if the Red Sox were the last team in the professional baseball league to actually add an African-American player? They were. That's awful. It's so ugly. I'm so ashamed to be in this region. So typical Boston, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yawkey way.
0: And you wonder why I picked him as the worst fans ever.
2: That's pretty much it for this day in history, but we do have some news that's going on actually right now. And I think the biggest news is probably Mookie Bet signs a 12-year, $365 million extension. The annual value is about $30 million a year, which I think is pretty good. I mean, it's less than David Price's annual value. To me, it's the 12 years. I mean, God, I don't know if I would sign somebody up for that long.
1: I don't love baseball or NHL deals that get to be that crazy length. As a a Red Sox fan, as a guy that got to see this guy have an MVP season, I hope for the best for him. But, you know, if he was still in the Red Sox, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving him that type of length or, or that type of money. That's just way too much, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. In baseball, no less, where it's like, you know, all these contracts are essentially, like, fully guaranteed and things like that. It's like, man, it's a lot of money for a long time to pay a guy. Like, 12 years is nuts. And I, I, ne- I don't know. I get the players want the security, and that's what they push for and things like that. But if I was an owner, man, I'd be so hard-pressed to say, I don't do a deal over five years. I don't give a shit. Like, there's no way. There's no
1: way. Absolutely, the body can change so much in that span that 13, twelve years is just way too risky.
2: I mean, twelve years ago was two thousand and eight. You know, my, my daughter was being born. That's how
1: long ago twelve years is. Yeah, I was graduating high school.
0: You guys know my affinity for Mike Trout. Like, I mean, I I love the guy. I wouldn't even give him a twelve. And I know the deal he got, but there's no way I give him twelve years. Like, it just doesn't make sense.
2: Well, exciting news for sports fans, and particularly us three, because I know we're all big football fans. NFL veterans report July 28th, so we are six days from veterans reporting the training camp.
1: TikTok, tock, baby. Let's get on the field.
0: God, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. So excited.
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Oh, I'm so excited.
2: Now, the NFLPA, as part of this, does agree to daily corona testing. Now, I think it takes 24 hours for the test to come back. They're saying they can do it in 15 minutes. I don't know how legit that is, but I guess if a guy tests positive, he's out for that day, he can try again the next day. It's not like you have to wait two weeks or eight days or whatever it is. So you can keep testing every day, but they're doing daily testing. And if you test positive, you're not practicing, you're not playing in the game that day. So can you imagine playing practice all week? Like Cam Newton is, you know, he's going to be the starter week one, let's say. I don't think so, but let's say he is. And then that day he tests positive and it's like,
1: damn, well, you know, Stidham's been taking the second team snaps. Now he's a starter. Every team is definitely going to have to prep differently this year. And what's going to make this so much more difficult for the NFL is they aren't doing a bubble. They have a full slate of games where they are planning to travel and have all these teams travel and play their full schedule. So it's absolutely a, a risky biscuit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what they're going to do is, is honestly going to work. I, I mean, I think they're going to be able to contain. I think most of these guys understand the risks they're going to go through and, and understand what they've got to do to keep themselves healthy. And They're all grown men, and, and they understand they've got to do a job. So I, I, think we'll be, I think they'll get it done, and I think we'll be all right.
2: Now, Antonio Brown retires
1: again. Does anybody Ugh. care? Can we just stop no, talking about him?
0: Just skip it. Let's just. Can we skip this segment? I'm, I hate this guy.
1: <laughs> he sucks. Nobody wants him on his team.
2: That's not true. I see so many people on Facebook that are like, "Oh, we'd you love see, to get you this see guy." You see Buck.
1: You see Buck on Facebook shopping AB around. Yeah. Nobody else. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. In his prime, obviously, this guy's talent was just, I mean, insane. It, his ability to separate at the top of a route and, like, just really his route running in general was just so, so, so special.
1: But the guy's a
0: head case and a, and a locker room cancer. And, the, and, I mean, those kind of things just make you unsignable.
1: You got to give some blame to uh, Vontaze Perfect for uh, just absolutely demolishing his skull and probably starting the snowball effect on his brain.
2: That's what I was gonna say, I say you know, all this kind of stemmed from Vontez Burfick knocking him out because prior to that, I mean the guy had no problem with the locker room. He had he was a good teammate, he was a good receiver, you didn't really hear anything about him, and then he gets knocked out and just brain damage. CTE is
1: real, my friends. Believe it.
0: Yeah, I do think there is a a, a little sign of CTE there and just I mean there's a pattern of behavior that we have seen since then that just wasn't really I mean he had issues but none that were this big and this just out of line. So I I don't I don't really know obviously I I I mean I hope he puts his brain up for dissection and autopsy when he dies. You know which I assume will be soon.
1: <laughs> we're, we're back. We're back in dark again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is dark. <laughs>
0: I mean, let's be real. Over under. Over under is dead in twelve years.
2: Oh, over. Oh, I mean, under. Totally under. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. All way under.
0: See. So I'm not that.
2: Now, the NBA, we had talked about last week, the guy going and getting takeout and leaving the bubble, so then he had to wait eight days before he's allowed to practice or anything like that, and we talked about these players being absolute idiots, but the NBA announced zero out of the 346 players tested, tested positive. So the bubble is working, supposedly. I guess so. What I do like is the whole snitching thing. They have a hotline, this anonymous hotline you can call in if other players are sneaking out of the bubble or trying to sneak people into the bubble. I'm a big believer that snitches get stitches, but in this case, when you're talking about an NBA season, snitch away, guys. Uh yes, Commissioner Silver, I'm pretty sure that I see LeBron James over here, uh, stepping outside your bubble. Uh can you please get
1: him off the court during the finals?
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the snitch line. I I don't know. I guess I understand. I don't know how much use it'll get either. I don't think a lot of these guys will want to snitch and things like that. I think they would take it kind of more serious than that you know what I mean like I don't like you know like like we do like telling on somebody isn't something you do I don't know just just beat them straight up and, and I mean or go to them personally and be like hey look you know don't leave if you're really concerned about your health and things like that be like yo don't leave all these guys got our, got their numbers you know what I mean text them and be like yo don't fucking leave what are you doing you psychopath are you trying to infect the whole bubble don't call daddy and snitch
2: like, what's so important out there that they don't already offer to you? I mean, I guess I read somewhere that NBA even gave these players a list and said if you need quote unquote services, that they will be available in the bubble. So, I mean, they're providing these guys literally everything.
0: What are, what is quote unquote services?
1: Oh, uh, Robert Kraft could tell you.
0: I was going to say, we, we bring in, we bring in Robert Kraft masseuse into here, or is that what we're doing?
1: Oh, I think it's going to be more than a masseuse. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it, and that's. I mean, I'm sure they can figure out something, but I, I mean, like you said, a lot of these guys are, are, are young and you're not going to tell them what to do essentially. So, but it's supposedly working. I don't know if I believe there's zero tests, but I mean, zero positives, but I mean, uh, good for them if it's actually true.
1: It looks good on paper, doesn't it? It
0: sure does.
2: Now, the Madden rankings came out, speaking of things that didn't look good on paper, and Rob Gronkowski gets a 95 overall, which <laughs> in of itself is completely asinine that he didn't play at all last year. But Zach Ertz, who did play last year and was an elite tight end last year, got a 90. So you're telling me Rob Gronkowski right now is
1: better than Zach Ertz? Gronk was definitely getting high with whoever was doing these rankings.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, most of these rankings are a joke. Let's be real. But I, I mean, for that, for Cronk to just be a ninety-five off the couch is pretty insane. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Ertz is pretty low. I mean, I know he's he's got injury history and he keeps getting hurt. And honestly, Dallas Goddard, their number two on that on that team is is a fucking stud. And I think he's really on the up and up. But I mean, it's still a slap in the face.
2: And we had talked a little bit about LeBron James rookie card. It's a Autographed jersey card. There's only twenty-three in existence. Only two of them have a nine and a half grade, and it sold at auction for one point eight million dollars. Now I'm not sure what Wayne Gretzky's Honus Wagner goes for anymore, but one point eight million for a LeBron rookie card is nuts.
1: That is bananas.
0: Yeah, that's insane. And then, you know, I had seen a, a post where LeBron tweets or Instagrams right under it. He goes, hmm, somebody's got a couple of those and makes it sound like he does. And then the rumor is he's got three of them. So he he apparently has three of those cards in his own collection. That's, that's what a hoarder, man. What a dick. Well, I'd say he
2: should probably get them graded. But let's face it, when he retires, he's going to be worth like $750 million. Like, what's he care about? 1.8. That's a tax write off.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's nothing to him. But, I mean, I think it's cool that he's got them, but, I mean, three three out of the 23, that's a lot, man.
2: I'm not going to lie. If I was him, I would probably try to buy 23, all 23 of them, and keep them from the rest of the world. You would.
0: Yeah, but you're a dick.
2: I'd actually burn 22 of them.
0: (laughs) And then just have that. (laughs) that's That's the real ticket. Yeah.
2: And the last note I have for the news, Tiger Woods returns, he shoots plus six, he finishes 40th in the tournament, and never really was in contention, so didn't stir up any sort of excitement, but I don't know if it's just me, whenever Tiger's playing, like, I am fascinated, particularly if he's in the lead or in the top five, why, why doesn't Rory do that for me? Why doesn't Ricky Fowler, these young guys, why doesn't Dustin Johnson do that? Why is it Tiger Woods so captivating? What's so captivating about him?
1: I think Brooks Kepka's is kind of getting there. Rory just chokes a bit too much for me. He hasn't won enough. But I agree with you. Uh, when Tiger's certainly in contention those last couple of days, I find my eyes getting on the, the channel and watching him progress through the course. Uh, this guy's just so lovable at this point. You know, I've, I've always loved him. And uh, to be able to see him succeed, I want to see him win everything he enters.
0: Yeah, I mean it doesn't hurt that he is the greatest of all time, arguably the greatest of all time playing right now. So I think that has a lot to do with it. We know what we're watching, you know what I mean? We understand it's great and it can and we understand it can happen like, you know, at, at any moment the greatness can absolutely show up. So it, it's fun to watch. You know, for me too now. I mean, Deschamps out there fucking crushing the ball. And I mean that's a that's a ton of fun to watch. I mean the other day he had I I think it was that tournament he had one that would just carry went three seventy five and then it rolled like a total like four forty or four fifty or something like that's just bonkers dude. The guy's making par fours into the eagle the eagle shots. You know it's it's a lot of fun to watch. A lot of people don't like that style of golf, but I think it's fun. Faldo's on there all the time talking about Deschamps needs to take some more protein, but I mean it's it's fun to watch him crush the ball.
2: Well, I always chalk it up too there are certain types of people that have like a magnetic personality and if you're around them you can't help but gravitate towards them i think people said that chris farley was like that he was like the sun you just had to be near him all the time and i think that it's A bigger talent if you can have that magnetic personality that comes through the TV screen even, and you just can't help but be magnetized by that person. And I think of actors like Vin Diesel, who's not that great of an actor, but for whatever reason, if he's in a movie, I can't stop fucking watching him in the movie. Like he's just magnetic. And I think Tiger Woods has that as an athlete. If you tuned in last week and hopefully you did, you listened to us play Guess Who. We're starting to do a little bit more of a game segment in the second segment of the show and hopefully you guys enjoy it. This one's going to move a little bit quicker. It's going to be a little bit more palatable, I guess is the word. It might not be the word, but uh, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. You we'll know see, what yeah. I'm saying? You know, it might be palatable at the end of the thing. So it's called Fact or Fiction. We've got the five categories like last week, and we're going to have four statements in each category. These guys are going to have to determine whether those statements are fact or fiction. So what we'll do is we'll just pick a category, and then we'll do all four from that category instead of jumping around because that's a nightmare. So. I don't know who went first. I think Dan, did you pick first last week? No, he did. Okay, so you pick first. Whatever category, we're going to do four statements from that category.
0: Um, let's go NCAA.
2: The first, fact or fiction. Dan, this one's for you. Jordan Love's 17 interceptions in 2019 is the most ever by a Division one quarterback.
0: Fiction.
1: Jesse? I'm going to go with fiction because I know Sully knows his stuff, especially about quarterbacks. The answer
2: is fact. That is the most interceptions a Division One quarterback has ever thrown. What? In one season, yes. Really?
1: Come on, Sully. That's insane. I know.
2: It's an NFL record. I mean, NCAA record. I looked it up, and I was like, damn, that's the most ever. So I thought it would be a good one since you like Jordan Love so much.
0: Yeah, man, I had no clue. I would figure there was at least a Division One quarterback that sucked at some point through, like, 20. But I guess not.
2: I guess they don't last very long if they do. Yeah, that's true. All right, Jesse, this one's for you. First guess, fact or fiction. Zay Jones had 158 receptions in 2016. That's more than Larry Fitzgerald had his entire career at Pitt. You said 158 receptions? 158 uh, receptions in one year for Eastern Carolina, I believe. Yeah, is that, more than Larry, is that more than Larry Fitzgerald had his entire career? Fiction. Dan? In fact. It is fiction. Larry Fitzgerald had 161 car- catches for his career. Ooh, I like how close that was. Yeah, very close. 158 for one season is insane. Absolutely. Next one's basketball. Dan, this one's for you, and it's my boy, Glenn Robinson. His career scoring average of 27.5 points per game for his college career is the highest in history. What? Glenn Robinson averaged 27.5 points per game for his college career. That is the highest scoring average in NCAA history for a career.
0: Oh, no, fiction.
2: Fiction. It is fiction. He, yeah, he's number six. That's still pretty insane.
0: Yeah, I do know that. that Pete Maravich, would, what, he averaged over 40, right?
2: Something like that. He had like 4,000 yeah. career points. Yeah, it's
0: it. a, yeah. yeah I, I do know that. Yeah.
2: All right, so this one goes to Jesse. First guess, fact or fiction in the NCAA looking over the most rebounds per game for a single season. Looking over the top 20, only one player appears twice. Shaquille O'Neal. Fiction. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Fiction.
2: That is a fact. Wow. Shaquille O'Neal has the fourth most rebounds in a season, wow. 14.68 per game, and the twelfth most, 14 rebounds per game, and nobody else is on there twice.
0: You would think uh, Lou Alcindor would be on there twice.
2: Jesse, what category we got next? Uh, let's go with NFL. NFL. Jesse, first question goes to you. Fact or fiction? Looking over the most rushing yards for a single season, Top 20 seasons, Barry Sanders is the only player who appears twice. Fiction. Um, Fiction. It is fiction. OJ Simpson and Eric Dickerson also appear twice. Word. Dan, for you, first guess, fact or fiction. Career receptions, career receiving yards, career receiving touchdowns. Jerry Rice is the only person in the top five in all three of those.
0: Were receptions, touchdowns, and yards? Um, yeah, I'll go
2: fact. I'm also going to go fact. It is a fact. He's actually number one in all three of those categories. Randy Moss is in the top five in yards and touchdowns, so is T.O., and Larry Fitzgerald is in yards and receptions, but nobody's in all three.
0: God, Jerry, was so good.
2: Next up, this one goes to Jesse. In 1990, Derek Thomas had seven sacks in a game against the Seattle Seahawks. That is the same as the Patriots' leader for all of last season. Back.
0: God, um, it's tough to go against Jesse and his own team. So I guess I'll go fact.
2: It is a fact. Jimmy uh, <laughs> Collins had seven sacks last season. That's that's just pathetic.
1: <laughs> it is, but Bill doesn't usually focus on pass rush. You know that, Dan. This one's for you. Fact or fiction?
2: First guess. Charles Woodson has more defensive touchdowns than Bo Jackson had touchdowns in his NFL career
1: fact. I'm going to go fiction.
2: It is fiction. He had 13 defensive touchdowns. Bo Jackson had 18 touchdowns. 13 still a lot. Alright, so we are two categories down. Dan, you get to choose now, and you're trailing Jesse 2-0. to zero. Uh, MLB. Dan, for f- the first point, or first guess, fact or fiction, Daryl Strawberry is the Mets all-time
1: leader in home runs. Um,
2: fiction.
1: I'm also going to go Fiction.
2: It is a fact. He has 252. David Wright is second with 242.
1: Damn, I was thinking David Wright as well.
2: Jesse, first guess, fact or fiction, MLB. Of the top 30 players, most strikeouts for a single season as a pitcher, only one player pitched after 1980, Randy Johnson. Fiction. Fiction. So in the top 30, there's nobody besides Randy Johnson who pitched after 1980.
1: That had the strikeouts, you said.
2: For most strikeouts in a season.
1: Oh, okay. The pitch strikeouts, okay. I'm, I'm thinking like led the league and like they actually struck out. No, sorry. So like the most strikeouts ah. in a season,
2: believe it or not, guys, is, like 511. But it came in like 1886. So after 1980, Randy Johnson is the only
1: person in the top 30 for strikeouts in a season. Wow, that's nuts. And I think you robbed Steve an opportunity to guess.
0: No, he's that's still he's asking the question still. Fact or fiction? <laughs> to you, oh, that's
1: a long ass question then. Okay. Well,
0: because you had an answer, yet, because uh, oh, you thought bad. it was you thought it was actual strikeouts, not pitching strikeouts. So he wanted to yeah. clarify and then give you the.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna still go with fiction. Yeah, I'm gonna go with fiction.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's fiction.
1: It is a fact. He is 11th, 15th, 20th, and
2: 30th all time for strikeouts in one season, and nobody else that pitched after 1980 is on the top
1: 30. Damn, I thought Pedro.
2: So this one goes to Dan. Dan. Of the top 10 home run leaders in Major League history, Sammy Sosa has the fewest hits with (sighs) 2,408.
1: Fact. I'm going to go fiction.
2: It is fiction. It's Jim Tomei with 2,328. Word. All right. Jesse, most stolen bases in one season. Of players in the top 15, Vince Coleman has more than Ricky Henderson. Or he appears more times in the top 15 than Ricky Henderson.
1: Fact.
0: Well, he said two answers, so what are we going with?
1: Fact.
2: Fact, okay.
0: Okay, so can I change my answer next time too because I'm going to say fact.
1: Well, it sounds like he, finishes, he finished his question, I answered, and then he went more into his question. Yeah, so.
2: I, w- I wanted to clarify that. He doesn't have more stolen bases than Ricky Henderson necessarily, but does he appear more times in the top 15 for stolen bases for a season than Ricky Henderson?
1: See, the question, the question changed.
2: You both said facts. You are both correct. Vince Coleman appears three times. He's ninth, 10th, and 13th whereas Ricky Henderson is twice, second, and twelfth.
1: still take Ricky.
2: So I believe we have Jesse gets to pick the next category, and he has a 3-0 lead.
1: Let's go on to the hardwood NBA.
2: NBA, Jesse, first choice, fact or fiction? None of the top five all-time assist leaders ever averaged 20 points per game.
1: Fiction.
0: In a season ever or for a career?
2: In a season ever.
0: Oh, um, Fiction.
2: It is fiction. Magic Johnson did it four times, but nobody else in the top five ever averaged 20. Stockton, Nash, Kidd, and Mark Jackson never averaged 20 for a single season.
1: Yeah, that was a close one.
2: All right, so this one goes to Dan and how appropriate, since me and Dan are both huge Kobe fans. Kobe Bryant is the all-time Lakers leader in 30-point-per-game seasons.
1: Uh, Fiction. I'm also going to go fiction. I've got a few guys in mind.
2: It is fiction. Jerry West has four, Kobe has three, and Elgin Baylor has three.
1: So Jerry West is the all-time. Those, those are the two guys.
2: This one will be a fun one. Jesse, this one's for you. Charles Barkley averaged more points per game, more rebounds per game, and more assists per game than Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Dirk Nowitzki. Combined? No, no, individually.
1: <sighs> um, I got
0: to catch up here, so fiction.
2: It is fact. Charles Barkley averaged 22 points per game. Duncan was 19, KG was 18, and Dirk was 20.7. He averaged 11.7 rebounds, which is more than any of them, and 3.9 assists is also more than any of them. Now, an interesting note, though, the reason I came about this statistic is because Chris Webber, his career averages are 20.7, 9.8, and 4.2, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. How many rings does he have? He's one of the best power. How many does Barkley have?
1: It's part of the equation, though.
2: Okay, how many does Malone have? Both those guys are in the Hall of Fame.
1: They average more than Weber. Barely. The dream team, baby. All right. All
2: right, so so this one's going to be for Dan. Dan, this is a Jesse question, kind of, but I'm going to give it to you first. Fact or fiction, Richard Rip Hamilton, who averaged 17 points per game for his career, never averaged 20 in a season.
1: Fiction. I'm also going to go fiction.
2: It is fiction. He did it twice in 2001, 2002, and 2005, 2006. So that kills the NBA. We now have, I believe, NHL. And was that it? Read in the last category, NHL? Yep. All right. So NHL it is, I guess. And who goes first? Him. Uh, All right, Jesse. Fact or fiction? Wayne Gretzky has more career assists than any NHL player has total points.
1: Fact. Fact.
2: That is a fact. He has 1,963 assists. Yammer Yager has 1,921 career points. Uh, interesting note, Wayne Gretzky also has 894 goals. Sully, you've got the next question. Martin Brodeur has the most career points for a goalie with 47. Uh, yeah. All right. So he's saying fact. Jesse. <laughs> I'm going to go with fiction. <laughs> it is fiction. He is number two behind Tom Brasso, who has 48. I knew it. I, me and Tom go way back. All right. So this one is for Jesse. Jesse, Alexander Ovechkin has more career overtime goals than anybody in history.
1: I'm gonna go fact because I got some wiggle room.
2: Um. Yeah. It is a fact. Yamar Yager is number two with 19. And the last question. This one is for you, Dan. Bobby Orr had five career seasons. Fact. <laughs> 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 i speed this up for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm just joking. Go on. <laughs> right. So Bobby Orr had five seasons of the top ten goal-scoring seasons for defenders, but he is not top ta- ten all-time in career points.
0: Oh, uh, fact.
1: Fiction.
2: He is number 11. Oh, it's 5-1. to one. Jesse wins that game of fact or fiction. I think this one was more fun. It went a little bit quicker, I think.
0: We're off the fucking
1: schneid. Definitely quick there in the middle, for sure, when Wayne was drunk.
2: Like we have been doing, it is time to break down an NFL division, and this week we chose the NFC East. So, talking to you guys, you know, we've got the NFC East, we've got the Cowboys. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking wasted. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 like, okay. I, I, I can't read my notes. I better stay on the show. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: All right. We need to do a t- we need to do a show where we all just get fucking hammered. Yeah. All right. and just do a show.
2: So the NFC East, we've got the Cowboys, the Giants, the Washington Football Team, and the Eagles. I started off, I think, last week. Who do you guys got? Let's start with Dan. Dan, how do you have the Dallas Cowboys finishing this coming season?
0: Um I have them finishing 10 and 6 and I have them not to spoil my second place finishing tied with my second place team. So I don't know how the division would work out. I'd have to look into the actual NFC games they broke down cuz I believe they lost the same amount of games to each other and my thing they split the series So, uh, you know, it'd go down to like losses in the NFC or losses in the conference or something like that. So I'd have to like actually look. But I have Dallas and Philadelphia both finishing 10 and 6. Um, I I just really think they're both kind of really good ball clubs. I think, you know, I think Dak's actually a really good player. You know, I know he gets a lot of gripe or a lot of uh, grief. Um, You know, I don't think he's worth, you know, 35 million dollars. But I think he's a solid quarterback who can do what needs to be done. Uh, I don't really think of them as a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're a solid team who will probably make the playoffs.
1: i got Dem boys actually finishing 11-5. and They're going to lead the division for me. Uh, I see them winning uh, a lot of games in that division. Um, And they're going to lose a couple games out of the division. You know, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Ravens. Um, but they're going to lose uh, at least a couple inside the division. But I've got them leading them pretty, com- pretty comfortably at 11-5. and five.
2: I have the Dallas Cowboys at 13-3. and three. I have them losing to the Ravens. I have them losing to the Eagles, just splitting with the Eagles. I have them losing to the 49ers. But I have them sweeping the rest of the division. I think Dak Prescott coming back, man on a mission. That offense is absolutely loaded. The defense is extremely solid. And I think Mike McCarthy is... A huge, huge upgrade over Jason Garrett. So I've got them 13 and three and winning the division.
1: Damn, that's a, that's a lot of confidence. When a lot of, but fears. you know, I like it. You're never short on confidence.
2: Now, Sully, you mentioned you had Philadelphia 10 and six. Why don't you give us a little bit of a more in depth on where you got there?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, essentially kind of the same thing, you know, they they've got the out of is tough, you know, because they do play the Ravens, you know, I think they're going to lose a game there. They got to play the Seahawks or the 49ers away. So I think they're going to lose that game. Um, I think they, I think the Giants are actually a decent ball club this year. So I think they split their, a lot of their games in the division this year. So I got them losing to the Giants away, the Packers away. Uh, you know, so I think they're they're a ten and six ball club, um, and you know, unfortunately, it looks like most of their losses. I have them in the in the NFC, so they may end up not getting that spot because I don't know if they end up getting the wild card. To be honest with you,
1: I don't have a wild card team in the NFCs. My second place team may shock you guys. It's actually going to be the New York Giants. I have the Giants finishing nine and seven. I do think they lose a bit more games inside the division. Uh, but I do like what they've done on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I have a bit of faith there in Danny Dimes. Saquon Barkley is a freak of nature. And uh, I think that defense is certainly uh getting better. So I have them finishing second in the division. Again, 9 and 7. Where do you have the Eagles finishing? I have the Philadelphia Eagles finishing 6 and 10. Wow. Wow. Yeah, not a lot of faith in this Philadelphia Eagles team at all. I think since their Super Bowl run, uh, they have progressively gotten worse. I don't have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz at all. Uh, I like uh, Miles Sanders, but uh, as a whole, uh, this offense and defense doesn't impress me. Uh, they are third in the division for me.
2: Yeah, I have the Philadelphia Eagles actually at seven and nine. So not that far off from you. You have them six and 10. I'm seven and nine. I do have them splitting with every team in the NFC East and I have them losing to the 49ers, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Ravens. They're just not going to have a great year. And I'm not a huge believer in that team. I'm not a huge believer in the head coach. The New York Giants. You brought them up, so I guess we'll go with them next. The New York Giants. I have at four and twelve. Daniel Jones' decent season last year was an aberration. He's an absolute bum, and I expect him to go four and twelve this year, despite Saquon Barkley having a great year.
0: Yeah, see, I disagree. I, I I like the I like the Giants a bit. Uh, you know, I don't I don't love them. I still think they're gonna lose a bunch of games. Uh, I got them going six and ten, but I'm a big fan of Daniel Dimes. Not a big fan. Uh, I actually like kind of I like his gunslinger vibe and just like his vibe in general. Um, I think he's gonna do big things eventually. So uh, I, I think six and ten solid. You know, I think they sweep uh, Washington, but other than that, they split. Uh, Philadelphia and the Cowboys, but they're still going to lose games to the Ravens, the Cardinals, you know the Bucks, the Eagles. I mean the the uh, um, 49ers. My apologies, the Steelers, the pa- you know things like that. So I, I just I just think they still got a ton of losses on their schedule. Uh, and then speaking of Washington, uh, that's my dumpster fire. I got them going two and fourteen. Uh, I don't think they win many games at all. I'm not a Dwayne Haskins fan at all um so I know that defense is very good and they're going to get after the passer but I just don't see a lot of a lot of wins for that team
1: yeah the Washington Avengers aren't very good at all I've got them going four and twelve so uh not much uh better than what you've got there Sully but uh I think they're going to uh need to find their quarterback in this next draft for sure I've got the Washington
2: Red Wolves at six and ten I think that you know I do like Dwayne Haskins. I do think he slings the football as good as anybody. You mentioned the gunslinger mentality. I think when you look at gunslingers in the past, guys like Brett Favre. They have cannons for arms. I don't think Daniel Jones has a cannon for an arm, but I think Dwayne Haskins does. And I think that 6 and is not very good, but it's all right. And I don't think that they're going to take a quarterback in the next draft. I think they're sticking with him for the long run.
0: Who do they get their six wins from?
2: Their six wins, I have them beating the Browns, the Rams... The Giants, the Steelers, splitting with the Cowboys and the Eagles.
0: Dan, yeah, you got them beating the Browns at, at, at the Browns and the Steelers at the, at the Steelers.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I was actually beating the Eagles. All right. Forget this. All right. So you asked me uh, who do I have them beating? So I have Washington beating. Oh, why do I have them beating the fucking Eagles? And the Cowboys. I don't have them beating the Cowboys. Right. You know what? Fuck it. I don't even know. I, don't, I really don't fucking know. Okay, that's <coughs> I fine. I didn't, mean to,
0: I didn't mean to put you... I'm just saying, looking at their schedule, they play like a pretty... And all the teams that they play, I feel like they can beat. Like the Lions, the Browns, the the uh, Cardinals, the Steelers, out of their division, the 49 Now, they're not beating the 49ers, but all those teams, they play away. And that's why I don't love them this year. Don't get me wrong. If they played... Like if they got the Browns at home, like you know, I think they win that game. If they got the Cardinals at home, they could possibly win that game. I just think on the road, I think that like that's a tough spot to win a lot of these games. So I think that's the difference between my two and fourteen and your, you know, five and twelve or six and uh, or six and ten or five and eleven and six and ten. You know, I just have them losing those games because they are away. I, I guess that's really the main difference. I don't hate the team in general. It's just the the schedule, the way it plays out. You know, they play every team they got a chance to beat on the road, really. Like, And that's just unfortunate.
2: Speaking of general, uh, what do you think about the name? So I went with Red Wolves. Jesse went with Avengers. Uh, what's your and mind? Man, I
0: was the idiot who actually said they're still bad, terrible name. I, 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 <laughs> I'm, st- I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of your idea. Uh, I think Disney is fucking slipping that they're not doing this. I don't know if it actually happens, but that that's my favorite. I think the Avengers would be the best one. Um, realistically, though, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think the Warriors, but I don't know if he can get the trade. The Red Wolves. The, so what I understand about the Red Wolves is he'd have to they'd have to buy the trademark from the Arkansas State. Um, because Arkansas State owns the trademark to the Red Wolves right now. And so they're trying to find a name that they won't have to buy the trademark from, is my understanding.
2: Well, Disney could be in play because we didn't really touch about it in the news, but all the sexual assault allegations or whatever it is, the drugs and parties, and Dan Snyder was apparently involved in all that. He could be forced to sell by the rest of the owners, and we could see Disney swing in there.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. I sure hope so. Daniel Snyder needs to be out too. And then supposedly now there's rumors which we didn't touch on because you I, they may have just happened. But the Jets owner now supposedly said some some racial things. Um, and Jamal Adams has said he wants him out. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll have some ownership changes coming up here.
2: Now, Dan, who's your MVP? I always say Dan. Fuck it. That's Sully, okay. who's your MVP? I still love
0: you. <laughs> My MVP of this division, oh, man, this one was a tough one for me because I, in the same breath that I say I don't think he deserves $35 million, I think he's the MVP, and I'm going to go Dak Prescott. I actually think he comes out with kind of and tries to like ball out this year and and really does and and builds on the year he had last year. Again, I think it'd be silly for him to leave because he's kind of set up in the perfect situation with this offensive line and weapons and and Zeke and defense and everything that he needs to succeed. So I don't think he should leave, but I, I do think Dak Prescott's the MVP.
1: I agree. I got Dak Prescott as my NFC East MVP. I think he's playing for that Brinks truck. I think he's got the most weapons of any NFL team, the best situation of any quarterback right now. And uh, he's going to go ahead and need to ball out to get that money. So he's my division MVP.
2: And I'm going to complete the circle with Dak Prescott as the MVP of the division. I think that he goes 13 and three in my record. I think that he does throw the ball on the run as good as anybody except for maybe Patrick Mahomes. He's a really good quarterback and he doesn't have to run a whole lot because his goddamn offensive line is as good as maybe even better than the Dallas offensive line from back in the nineties. It's just stacked. And then you got the Ezekiel Elliott back there. You got three stud receivers. You got that great defense. I think Dak Prescott earns a huge, huge payday this offseason.
1: Sully, who's your division LVP?
0: Uh, my LVP is going to be Dwayne Haskins. Um, unfortunately for him, you know, he just—it's going to be the old issue that he wasn't drafted by this uh, by this regime. Um, he's going to have to prove it. I don't know if he's going to be able to. And honestly, with the quarterback class that's coming in, I think Washington's kind of looking ahead. Even if they don't get one, if they can just get one, two. Three, Trey Lance, too, coming out of North Dakota State's really impressive. I'm a huge Jamie Newman fan, the kid uh, Trey who just transferred into Georgia. So, I mean, the the quarterback class this year is stacked. So I think Washington will find their guy there.
1: My division LVP is another quarterback in the league, and you guys kind of gasped when I gave the record for this team. but. Carson Wentz, the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He doesn't impress me at all. You know, when you get beat out by Big Dick Nick, you know, for the Super Bowl win, this guy can't stay healthy. Uh, I'm not impressed with him when he is healthy. So uh, that's my division LVP. Is he going to get beat out by the Crimson Tide or former Crimson Tide quarterback, Jalen Hurts? Roll Tide, baby. You know he was successful there in Oklahoma, and I think you know they made a big deal about him getting drafted in the uh, the early rounds. So yeah, I think he could certainly see some playing time this year.
2: My LVP is Noodle Arm 2.0 because we all know Tom Brady is Noodle Arm 1.0, and that is Daniel Jones. I just don't think that he has a big arm. I think that he takes a huge step back this year. I do have the Giants at. 4-12, 4-12, and 12 worse than the Redskins, and I think they get to see Daniel Jones' true colors. They should not have taken him at fifth overall.
1: I hope you censor out that word, you motherfucker. What did I say? You, you said the R words. What? Oh, did I? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I got to get back on this. So you, what don't you like about Carson Wentz? Because the year he got, they won the Super Bowl, it wasn't his fault that he didn't play. He got hurt. If, and if, we, if you remember correctly, he was probably the MVP when he got hurt. He, was, he led the league in QBR. He had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And like I said, only through 14, uh, through 14 games. And then last year he had 4,000 yards of 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I, I don't really like what, what don't you like about him?
1: I've just not seen anything that's been impressive, to be honest. I don't love his options that he throws to, and I think, like we've talked about with other athletes and other sports, you know, your best ability is availability, and it's not just one injury he's had. He's had several concerns with his body so far early in his career, and uh, it's still time for him to prove himself in that division. I don't have them winning the division nor making the playoffs, so again, that's why I think he's well-deserving of the LVP. Like like Jared Goff, I think he's gotten uh, worse and less shine since their Super Bowl uh, appearance. Even though he wasn't in the Super Bowl, th- he's just lost a, a lot of shine to me.
2: It is time for everybody's favorite segment, including ours, the Infinity Five. We got a great one this week. It is our five favorite sports moments of all time. Now, It may not be the best sports moments of all time. You guys may disagree. Please let us know if you disagree because you're not saying shit right now. So, (laughs) what, then? I'll let you start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This guy has three fucking drinks and the real shit starts to come out, folks. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll start. Sure, why not? Uh, My number five actually just happened. Uh, 2019, the Tiger comes back and wins the Masters. I just – we talked about Tiger earlier and how captivating he is and just how much he brings you in and makes you watch it. And, I mean, if you didn't love him coming back and winning that and and just the way he did back in the red shirt on the final – on the Sunday, I mean, it was just incredible. It was such a great moment.
1: All right, so my number five is actually Julian Edelman when he had that bobble catch versus the Atlanta Falcons – uh, that kept the momentum going for the Patriots to come back and win that Super Bowl uh, when they were down 28-3. to 3. So that bobble catch was just amazing. That moment just had me jumping out of the couch.
2: Yeah, I watched that replay like three or four times just to make sure that that ball didn't hit the ground. And it didn't. I mean, good for him. He got his hand under it, and he held it close. but I mean, That was nuts because
1: I really thought it hit the ground when I saw it in real time. Oh yeah, you never know what's a catch or not these days. So for that to stand and for him to, you know, keep it up in the air and then actually secure, it was just amazing. And it, it's, it certainly went a long way in them winning that Super Bowl. Now, my number five is, takes
2: place May 26th, 2002. It's the Lakers versus the Kings. I believe it's the Western Conference playoffs. I'm not sure what game it was or what round it was, but I remember that the ball gets tipped around, it hits the rim, Shaquille O'Neal slaps the ball out to the top of the key, and Robert Ory knocks down the three at the buzzer to give the Lakers the win. And I remember thinking, like, why would you leave Robert Ory open? Of all the players in the Lakers, I would rather leave Kobe open than Robert Ory.
1: Yeah, that guy's collecting rings.
0: Uh, My number four is... The Brandy Chastain, uh, when she takes her shirt off and slides in after she scores the World Cup goal in PK and, and wins the game, um, I'll never forget that. And it was just such a, a lasting moment for me. So,
1: Oh, definitely. That's probably the one U.S. women's moment that will stick with so many people that don't even relate to the sport much anymore. That was a huge moment. For me, my number four is not even an in-game moment at all. It's when I found out that the New England Patriots made a trade with the Oakland Raiders to get Randy Moss. They they traded a fourth rounder and swapped seventh rounders. And, you know, that, that obviously didn't get Moss a ring with the Patriots, but he broke a record and had 23 touchdowns that year that still stands for receiving touchdowns. So when I found out that trade happened, I went berserk. That's a very big deal, and I'll be honest with you, I did not love it when it
2: happened because he was such a dog with the Raiders. I thought he was done. I thought his career was over. So the fact that he turned it around and went out and had that 23-touchdown season, I mean, that's just incredible. But I'd say the initial news, I was like, yeah, whatever. It's Randy Moss. He didn't do shit last year. Uh, the Brandy Chastain moment, I think, is a great one because I think that that made sports bras an automatic turn-on for guys <laughs> across the nation, and myself included. Here you go, Wayne. My number four is actually a 1994 playoff game between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Emmett Smith had a separated shoulder. He couldn't carry the ball in his right hand because the shoulder was separated, so he had to carry it all in his left hand. He couldn't pick himself up off the ground, but he ran for 168 yards, 229 total yards. The Cowboys end up winning 16-13 in overtime. And I'm sorry, all those people out there, listen, I love Barry Sanders. I do think that Barry Sanders is better than Emmett Smith, so don't fucking wet your panties, but Emmett Smith is a fucking warrior, and I'm sorry, anybody who shits
1: on Emmett Smith, I don't want to talk NFL with. He was an absolute train in his prime, I I don't respect that, you know, he ended up playing like 32 seasons, but, you know, during his prime, especially with the Cowboys, he was a, a freight train, he, he was a freak show.
0: Yeah, that game especially, man, you, you gotta give the mad respect where it's due there. My next one, actually my next two are gonna probably hit Jesse right in the heart here, but the first one is the, or both of you here with this one, is the David Diary catch. I mean, that was just so amazing. It was just so incredible. Even if you were on the, the opposite side of it like you two were, uh, just the moment itself was so big. You know, the 18-0 and team. Uh, and then that catch, I mean, the the Sterling uh, Shepherd one right after that, too, you know, that everybody forgets. But the one on the sideline, too, where he dropped it in right into the basket, that was a great one, too. But I mean, the David Tyree catch itself just stands out as such a huge moment.
1: Oh, there's the moment that Sully's a dick, guys, right there. Uh, <laughs> what, what moment are we in the show? The uh, moment that came right before that catch where Eli Manning seems to shake off two or three Patriot defenders, one of them being Dallas Thomas, absolutely frustrating. And then he gets that ball off. You know, and he he helmet hugs it. It's so frustrating. (laughs) You didn't need to bring that up tonight, man. (laughs) Uh, My next one was actually brought up by you earlier. Tiger Woods coming back in 2019 to win the Masters. Uh, After all the rehabbing he had to do to his body and his image, um, he climbed the mountaintop of golf, and that is the Masters. And it was something that, you know, that is the, the best major to anybody. So... Uh, He climbed the mountain again, and uh, that's my number three.
2: Anything Tiger Woods, I'm all in on. And I think that this one is kind of what led me to this whole idea for the Infinity Five was that Tiger was playing this past week, but my number three is the 1997 Masters, his first win. He wins by like 20 strokes or something insane. He sets the scoring record for the Masters. He's bombing drives past guys like 40, 50 yards past previous Masters winners. This is what made me play golf. Before the 97 Masters, I looked at golf the way Happy Gilmore did. I don't have a fat ass and plaid pants, but watching Tiger Woods win the Masters in 97, I was in love I played golf from that point on as much as I possibly could, and Tiger Woods has been my role model in the game of golf. Since then, I don't care how many women he cheated with, Tiger Woods is the fucking man.
0: True statement. Uh, Jesse, if you thought that one hurt, this one's going to sting a little too. Uh, my number two is the kick six. I mean, how could you not just be in such awe of this moment? Especially for me, I'm a, I'm a Gator fan, so fuck Alabama. And so to see them lose, especially this way, was just so amazing. Uh, it was, I mean, it's it's arguably the best ending to any college football game. I mean, there's the the, the band game, but I mean, this one is just so incredible. It was so nuts, and uh, I, I couldn't, I, I loved it.
1: So Wayne, we're a two-person show now, buddy?
2: <laughs> I think so, yeah, it's just two of us.
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, I was actually at a movie when this game was going on, and I had it recorded. I was with my wife at the time and her parents messaged her and said, hey, how's Jesse taking it? And she goes, what are you talking about? We're at the movies. And she goes, go home and go to bed. Her parents said, go home and go to bed. Don't stay up for the game. He's going to flip out. She actually stayed up and watched the entire game with me. She knew the end result, but she stayed up and watched the entire game and cheered it on. And then after that, she divorced me. No, I'm kidding, but it it was absolutely painful. So one of the most painful uh, endings of a game in my life. I'm a huge Alabama football fan, so uh, that is a scar that will never heal. My number two uh, is NBA-related, the only NBA moment I have on here, and it is the Detroit Pistons winning the NBA championship in 2004. They beat that star-studded Los Angeles Lakers team. I know some of them were maybe uh, a little tiffing with each other, others past their prime, but there's not a team that was more collectively star-studded in this era than that Lakers team, and the Pistons didn't have a mega star. They had a bunch of stars, so i um, really happy for that 20. 20- 2004 Detroit Pistons championship win. Yeah, it never should have happened.
2: Never. And, and I think that that's why I like Larry Brown. When people say that Phil Jackson's not a great coach or Red Auerbach because they had superstars, superstar loaded teams. I say, well, who won a championship without a superstar? Larry Brown went to the finals with just Allen Iverson and he went to two finals and won one with no star in the Pistons. So in a way, I guess you could say Larry Brown's one of the best coaches of all time, but that one hurt me a lot. As a Lakers fan, that one really hurt because they'd clean swept the rest of the playoffs up until that point. My number two goes back to football. Malcolm Butler getting the interception from the two-yard line. Thank you, Pete Carroll, for not handing it to Marshawn Lynch. I thought that game was over with. He throws it. Malcolm Butler said, we ran this exact same play in practice like 18 times. The first time they completed a touchdown on me, and Bill Belichick made me run or something like that. He goes, I knocked down that ball every other time that we ran that exact same play. So when I saw them line up, I knew what play was coming, and I was picking it off. Thank you, Malcolm Butler. Thank you, Pete Carroll. My second favorite sports moment of all time is that Butler interception.
0: Yeah, all-time bonehead plays right there by Pete Carroll. My last moment is uh, a great moment. I was there for it. The Tampa Bay Rays beating the Boston Red Sox in the ALCS uh, Game 7. It was it was amazing. I'll never forget it. It's by far my greatest sports moment. Uh, like I said, I was there. The electricity in the stadium was insane. We brought in a young David Price at the time to close the game out. And, and I mean, it was just absolutely bonkers to take down these Giants uh, and, and go to the World Series. Now we, you know, ended up getting crushed in the World Series by the Phillies. But still, this moment is something I'll never forget. And shout out to my boy Matt Camp for uh, making it happen, man.
1: Yeah, nothing beats a live experience, uh, something like that, thats playoff that has the excitement of a playoff baseball game like that, that's that's insane, so props to you for being there for that, I've never been to a, an MLB playoff game. My number one moment you guys just heard a little bit about, and that's actually the Malcolm Butler interception, uh, I was uh, at my, uh, my in-law's house watching that game, and I was ready to pack it up and walk away, and then that play... Uh, Had me causing roof damage at their house because I jumped right through it. Uh, Again, I'm in agreement with you two. Can't believe Pete Carroll uh, didn't run that ball with Marshawn Lynch, you know, beast mode. Um, But Malcolm Butler made himself a star with that. You know, my number one. It
2: goes back to the Patriots again, twenty-eight to three. And I know that Dan talks about asshole Patriots fans, and I'd mentioned them talking about six rings. Every asshole Patriots fan you will ever meet in your life is going to bring up twenty-eight to three, like it's you know Jesus coming back from the dead. It is like they're go-to. For me, though, it means so much more. I was actually watching the game. We're upstairs in my bedroom. It was 28-3, to and I'm sitting there. My wife says, are we going to go to sleep now? You can turn the TV off. I was like, fuck it. I'm staying up. I'm watching the whole fucking thing. I was like, pissed. My face is red, and I'm like, I'm just going to watch the whole fucking thing. Just shut up. I'm just watching the whole fucking game. And then they came back and won, and I almost fucking came in my pants.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's such a huge moment. Uh, I I agree. It's, you know, like I said, this may lead into a top five chokes list. And, I mean, the Falcons would be on that list for sure. Uh, That's just such an incredible choke there.
2: It's been a great time. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you fucking messing up my fucking works. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's going to love listening to uh, this. uh, Excuse drunk Wayne, (laughs) folks. (laughs) All right, let me give it another shot. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening on the RTF Sports Network. We appreciate if you downloaded and streamed the episodes. Definitely give us a shout on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the Instagram pages. We definitely will get back to you. We appreciate the feedback. Even if it's negative, we love hearing we suck. Maybe not Jesse. He doesn't like it, but we love it. So give it to us. Let us know what you think. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Come on, guys. Get, get in there. Have some fun with it. Let's go. Let's get Let's get weird. You know, let's get weird.
1: Tell us your Infinity Five. What are your favorite five sports moments? You know, what rings true whenever you think of your top five sports moments? Let us know on every platform. Remember to share. You got to share our show so you can get involved.
0: Yeah, share. Win $5. It's free money. I know it's only $5, but you win it a bunch of times. That turns into a lot of money, man. Holla, holla, holla.
2: Oh, who are you, daddy warbucks? Like, hey, here's five bucks, man. You slap it out of people's hands if they yeah, hand it to exactly. you. You're gonna take, take it. That you know, shit. take it, share, hashtag infinity sports. And because I didn't mention it before, again, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, at Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Sports Infinity5 on Twitter. You can reach us at all those places. Private message us if you don't want people to see how much of a fan you are. We'll listen, we respect your privacy. We're not gonna out you. So, definitely get in. Let us know what you're thinking. We appreciate the time. And, Kenny, what's up, my man?